0: This is Canteen and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and streaming live on ESPN Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Peter Burns. We are taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern, filling in for the guys. You can tweet to us at Amber w Sports at Peter Burns ESPN. You can also always join the conversation by giving us a call on the CC call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. So on that rejoin, you heard the voices of course of Chris Canty and Chris Carlin. They are hosting Greeny this week, 10 a.m. to noon every day if you miss those guys, but you don't have to miss them too much because Chris Carlin is here. He is joining us. He is hanging out with us, of course, host of this show, Canty and Carlin. And Carlin, you did a lot of. talking there about donovan mitchell and the new york knicks now every knicks fan thinks that they're getting every star or every superstar for the last 25 years (laughs) but do you think that this time they're actually right and in the same season could be right about brunson and donovan mitchell is it
1: possible here's the thing i i think they they did brunson because it wasn't definitive that donovan mitchell was going to become available but if they can They have to do it, and it makes entirely – I mean, like, there's never been a better fit situationally. So we had Wendy on earlier. You guys have probably heard some of the cuts from him when he was on get-up as well today. Mm -hmm. And his take was basically, if you are following what the game plan for Utah has been so far, which is to get as many draft picks as they can, then you would believe that the Knicks are better positioned because the Miami Heat, at this point, can only trade away two first-round picks in the next several years, maybe a third if they did some other stuff with uh, Oklahoma City, whereas the Knicks right now have eight tradable first-round picks. And, Amber, the the point here is, like, what has this all been for? It's been 20 years of positioning yourself and having the flexibility to get something like this done. So if you can't get someone who is from here wants from New York, wants to be here, wants to be in New York. And you Does have Does he want to be there, by that, the
0: way? Do we know that for sure, Carlin? I don't we don't know to... it
1: for certain, but he, there's been, he basically, put it this way, his father works for the Mets. Man. And he's he's basically gone to a bunch of games over the last few years. And he's in New York a lot. So look, I don't know that I could say definitively, this is the one and only place that he would want to go But there are just too many things that line up that if it doesn't happen, like seriously, who are you going to get if you can't get this guy?
2: You get a, a young superstar in the making, or you think superstar, but a guy, more importantly, that's already locked in that you might be able to recruit other players to. So, Carlin, I ask you this, right? And it upset and completely triggered Amber Wilson, a diehard Miami Heat stand fan down yep. there, right? She is all in, wearing the Tyler Hero jersey, all that.
0: familiar with my work, yeah. You
2: know, right. <laughs> I think it's brilliant what Danny Ainge is doing because I firmly believe he is trolling the Miami Heat, that this deal, in his mind, is already done with the Knicks, but he needs another suitor out there. So he's kind of playing footsie enough with Pat Riley, just enough to try to keep sweetening this offer so he can go back to Knicks and go, I I mean, I, I might look at this. What do you have? I I, I just think that it's Ainge just completely tweaking the, the heat
1: right now. I would not be shocked if that's what he's trying to do. And, and that's basically what Windhorst said earlier today is that Everything else they're doing is to try to extrapolate as many picks from the Knicks as they can. Um, what's fascinating to me is you've got almost two relationships there that kind of cancel out each other, right? You've got Dwayne Wade, who is a double agent between, right. the U- between Utah you, and mm-hmm. and Miami, but then you've got Danny Ainge, who hates Pat Riley. So, So which of those two things actually – is, Who's the more powerful, yeah, Chris, in your mind? Who, who yeah, do you think? I, I think it's probably, I think it's probably Ainge, just because, like Danny Ainge, it just, he, he strikes me as a guy, and I respect it, that holds on to grudges and uses them.
2: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> if... Donovan Mitchell ends up in Miami. Then this is 100% a long play where Dwayne Wade was a plant in that ownership oh. group <laughs> in order to one day, eventually it's a frozen recruit
2: Donovan envelope, but Patrick so Ewing going to the next. It, it yeah.
0: absolutely is. Uh, so Carlin, in terms of the Knicks portion of this story though, because I will admit that this is one player that I'm like, okay, maybe the Knicks fans are on to something here. Like maybe this guy actually does want to be in New York because of all of those ties that he has to New York and, growing up there and everything else that you mentioned. What about R.J. Barrett, though? Because I would imagine that, sure, maybe Ainge is trying to run up the price on the Knicks by using the Heat and the Raptors and whomever else might be interested in Donovan Mitchell, the Brooklyn Nets, and whatnot. But also, he's probably demanding R.J. Barrett in return. Would you throw R.J. Barrett into that deal if you're the Knicks, or is that a deal broken for you then?
1: I. It depends what we're talking about as far as the other picks then as well. I mean, I initially this morning, as you just heard there a minute ago, I would not have done it. And... My inclination is to not do it because if you take away Barrett and you put Mitchell in his place, how much better are the Knicks? I would say incrementally uh, the one argument I can make that I would want Mitchell as opposed to Barrett. um, He's clearly a better player. He's not no, he's no offensive player. I should say he has no interest in playing defense. Uh, Mitchell hasn't. Whereas Barrett's become a good two way player. But um, if somebody else wants to come and play with Donovan Mitchell, like if, that, if that's going to be a stronger attraction for another star down the line here in the next couple of years, as opposed to coming and playing with R.J. Barrett, then there's, there's really no discussion to it. Then, then you have to do it. But I, I think Barrett is on the trajectory to be close to the level of player that Mitchell is it's taking a little bit longer, but he's certainly younger. Chris Carlin, host of Ante
2: and Carlin, joining his own show with Peter Burns and Amber Wilson
1: today. All right, I so thought it best- was magnanimous of me, by the way, to join my own show. Well, I, I so thought it, was thought it was very fantastic. kind of you to stop. Yeah, by. I mean, I, I carve out time out of my very busy schedule. I yeah. Mm-hmm. I am doing next to nothing today.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I look at the contract that it's not a day rate and you bill us for two at this point, uh,
1: Carl. It's, it's um, hourly.
2: Yeah. All right. So, better chance of winning an actual title: the Knicks with Donovan Mitchell, or any other conference not named the SEC or Big Ten for the next fifteen years. <laughs> I mean, dead serious, dead serious, right now. Wow.
1: I mean, that's that's a legit good question. Like the the thought of the Knicks winning a title is just so far-fetched, as is any conference team, not in the Big Ten or the or the SEC at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I Peter, I don't know. Admittedly, I haven't heard where you come down on this whole thing. I think we are just headed for likely three super conferences, maybe two. It's just, it's depending on if the other three, between the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, can actually get it together to form a strong enough bond mm-hmm. where where that would happen, but I I don't I don't know, and I, mean, and I think
2: they can, Chris. And, and, and let me let me jump in here because, yeah. and I think what happens, it has to be subtract, subtraction that leads to addition. What I mean by that is, right now the Big Twelve has a brand new commissioner. What they need to do is they have to, not need to, have to go raid the Pac twelve get Oregon and Washington and two other teams, okay? Yep. And at that point, then all of a sudden you got the Big 12 even after losing Texas and Oklahoma, you're at, you're going to be at 16 teams. So you are right there at the same amount of teams as the Big 10 and the SEC and you got a new television deal to to do extremely well in 2025. Now, what I mean by subtraction then addition is if you're the Pac-12 at that point, you either fall apart or you combine forces with the ACC. And therein lies your fourth super conference, and you can keep Notre Dame as an independent. And now everyone's happy. You do it by 2024, but it only starts as the Big 12 goes out of its comfort and makes a bold move, a killer move, a a, a just absolutely we're going to – we don't care about the tradition of college football. i got to make a best outside-the-box move, and that includes going to pillage the Pac-12 right here, right now, before they do their media deal.
1: Well, I, I think the Pac-12, first of all, blew it five years ago when they were talking about expanding and they actually approached Texas and Oklahoma, if you remember, and they weren't able to get that done. Uh, That was on Larry Scott's watch. And, and the fact that I think that was the beginning of the end for them. If the big 12 does not land, first of all, they have to get Washington and Oregon. And right now I don't think Washington and Oregon are in a hurry to join the big 12. I think they're holding out hope to get the call from the, from the Big Ten and I don't know that that call is going to come I think more likely uh, Big Ten right now is just sitting and waiting on or I know for sure that they're sitting and waiting on Notre Dame if they actually decide to not be independent uh, with the TV contract for Notre Dame coming up in a couple of years and I think they would want Stanford to join the the Big Ten with them as well leaving those other teams You need Arizona, Arizona State. You need Colorado. I'm with you. You need to get those teams. You need to get Washington and Oregon. I really worry, Peter, about the hire at commissioner for the Big 12. Brett Yormark is a guy that was here in New York, and he is outstanding at marketing. Outstanding. He was with the Brooklyn Nets for a long time. Mm -hmm. Then he went to Rock Nation. I worry that the people that made the decision to hire Brett Yormark Got caught up in some of the flash, you know. Is is he in there talking about Jay Z and Beyonce and you know trying to kind of show what he's capable of from a marketing standpoint, as opposed to going and grabbing these other teams and really understanding college athletics and and how that's done. But but I'd also argue that that might be his biggest strength that he's not
2: you know he's not beholden to the the pomp and the circumstance and, oh, you don't cross this line. I mean, this is a business and this is cutthroat now and you yeah. need somebody with a fresh thought too. Well, and he's yeah. taking
0: it over at the most tumultuous time in college sports right so i mean there's so much that ends up unfolding here i mean before this next season and then also you know in 2024 25 when texas and oklahoma are supposed to join the sec i mean there's a lot to this story it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime too soon chris carlin host of this show canty and carlin was kind enough to stop by his own show carlin we appreciate it
1: thank you guys take care (laughs) coming
0: up Next, Tiger Woods, he said some really interesting things about the players participating in Live Golf. He said they are turning their backs on the PGA Tour. We will get into that next. This is Canty and Carlin. Peter Burns here so we have a well-timed golf story to get Peter Burns opinion on. This is Canty. fired
2: up. It is open weekend. Open championship, Amber. I feel
0: like you're always fired up though or maybe it's just the mustache. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber (laughs) Wilson and Peter Burns filling in for the guys. You can tweet to us at AmberWSports at Peter Burns ESPN. So Peter... Tiger Woods had some interesting things to say because, of course, he was asked about the live golfers. Everybody in that world is constantly asked about live golf. And he certainly has an issue with these guys leaving the PGA Tour and joining live golf. Here was Tiger Woods at the PGA Presser
2: to play there. I disagree with it. I think that uh, what they've done is they've, they've turned our, their back on what has allowed them to get to this position. Some players have never got a chance to even experience it. They've gone right from the amateur ranks right into you know, that organization. But what these players are doing for you know, guaranteed money, wh- what is the incentive to practice? What is the incentive to go out there and earn it in the dirt?
0: You're a lot more plugged into the world of golf than I mm. am. So what is your reaction to that?
2: first and foremost, the, the quote of earn it in the dirt was golden. You know, it's the idea that, listen, you know, hey, it's, it's, we, we grew up playing four-round tournaments, right? And you, you would qualify and you would you, – an opportunity – and golf is like that, right? Like golf is, hey, as much as you get your sponsorship deals, it is, hey, how you earn your money is what you did that day. Not, hey, all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know what, Kevin Durant had an 0 for night. Well, guess what? That check still cashes, right? And, and for, for Tiger to, say, earn it in the dirt, I found it very in, intriguing and, and very true to the game. Now, Tiger reportedly turned down some $750 million, if not $800 million, close to a billion dollars of guaranteed money. Now, obviously, that's pretty darn nice, but if you're Tiger Woods, he's, like, his life's not going to change with that money. Right, When like you have a his, billion
0: dollars, it's a lot easier to probably turn down a billion dollars. I don't have it's much experience. It's always hard to get to your first the billion,
2: matter. right? right. right. The, fr- the,
0: the first billion is the hardest, Peter Burns. <laughs> As I've
2: always said that. Um, but I, I do say, on the flip side of it, it's it's rich, no pun intended, that Tiger can say that. Mm-hmm. Because think about it. Don't don't think about it from Sergio Garcia or, or Brooks Koepka or Dustin Johnson and those guys. Look at it from a really talented collegiate golfer, okay, who's growing up, he's 21 years old, he's just dominating playing NCAA uh, tournaments, he's doing extremely well. There's no clear path for him to get into the next level, right? If you're Bryce Young, you win the Heisman, you're going to be the number one pick again, or you're going to be the pick of the NFL draft, and you have a roadmap. You're playing on Sundays in the NFL next year. Same thing as in, in Chet Holmgren, right? But if you're a golfer, being the best golfer in in college or the amateur doesn't mean anything. You don't really necessarily have PGA tour status. And so for some of these younger guys, they have to take a look at it going, man, if a tour is going to give me five to $7 million to come out as an amateur, man, I, that, that could fund the rest of my life. And I may, I may get injured tomorrow. I may not have an opportunity to play. So I, I love what tiger says. Cause I I'm from that generation where it's like, Hey, work it like it's legacy. It's a PGA tour. But at the same aspect of it, Tiger Woods at 1996, when he turned pro, put a signature on a contract from Nike and he was worth $40 million. Mm-hmm. He, he he never had to deal with that. I mean, he was uber rich by the time that he even had to make those suggestions. So, I, I mean, I go back and forth on this. I understand why guys are doing it. I think that the PGA and Liv probably should have handled it differently and they should have probably worked together with each other going, listen, I know what you want to do. Here's what we want to do what what should we do you know i saw you kind of raise your eyebrows about that agree well, it's disagree just-
0: Well, no, I think it's just a tall ask for the PGA to, you know, work with Liv considering who's backing that Liv tour, right? And I think that there are some complications there. And I guess maybe the PGA didn't take Liv seriously enough in the beginning, but obviously the money is what's so serious. I mean, we're up against it here, Peter. I would love to continue to pick your brain about this more, but what's so interesting about your hypo though, is like with the collegiate golfer, the first thing that comes to my mind is first of all, like who's poning up, even is Liv, is it sustainable? Is the model sustainable if you're poning up five? Five million for you know the collegiate golfer who never even joins the PGA and makes a name for himself in that respect, and then also for that golfer, he's dreamed his whole life, I would imagine, of playing in the Masters. I mean, you would know better than me. You were a collegiate golfer yourself, like I would imagine. You're growing up from the no time doubt. you're three years old. You're dreaming of playing in the majors, and now if you immediately go join Live and you never earn the points on the PGA, you're never going to qualify for those ma- for any of these majors. So it's a very different conversation than a guy like Brooks Kepka, who is already going to be in them anyways he's already won it right he's already they're, got the invite the it, open
2: championship has talked about that that they're, they're they're not happy about any of this and they're looking at possibly redoing their qualifications and that's what it's going to come down to and if you play these live golf things you're not going to get official golf world ranking points which mm-hmm. kind of give you the entry into these open championships unless you just qualify like like any other person so the the still the linchpin of all of this is going to be augusta it, when the masters decides what they want to do a lot of people are going to follow and I'm still 50-50 to think that the Augusta will say, listen, we're not allowing them. And I think 50% chance right now it's a coin flip that they say, listen, we're the masters. We can do whatever we want. No, oh, by the way, we probably have some board members who make these decisions who might have dealings with Saudi as well, too. And are they going to upset the apple cart? We don't know. And I think that's the I was going to say million dollar question. It's a billion dollar question. Yeah, it's a billion the or the
0: multi-billion dollar question. Always the first h- hardest to
2: make.
3: Yeah. You're
0: a you're two worlds, man. Uh, they are something right now with college football and with golf. <laughs> uh, quite the changing landscape for both of those sports. Coming up next though, we go back to the NFL. We are in the midst of ESPN Radio's two-a-days. We broke down the Baltimore Ravens for you earlier in the show. If you missed that, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Coming up next though we take it to the Cleveland Browns.
3: Hi this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: This is ESPN Radio's NFL 2 days The Cleveland Browns.
3: Deshaun Watson,
2: after sitting out an entire year, demanding a trade, potentially being suspended for six games, none of it really
1: matters. Because ultimately, the Browns feel that this is the guy that can get them deeper into the playoffs.
3: Show this community, show this city, show this organization, show this locker room who the person I really am and get my story out eventually. Carolina
1: remained
3: as really the best and lone hope for Baker Mayfield, where he would wind up, where he would be traded.
0: We are in the midst of our ESPN Radio NFL two-a-day, so every single day we break down two different teams for you across the NFL. We did the Baltimore Ravens earlier in the show. You can always check that out if you miss it on the podcast. Search Canty and Carlin on the ESPN app. And up now is the Cleveland Browns. So in order to do this on this show, the way we do it is with a little swat. What that means is we give you the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats of each team. So Peter, let's start with your strength for the Cleveland Browns this season.
2: Can I say that I actually hate this? And the only reason why, I loved it for Baltimore, right? I, and, I, and I loved it in that aspect. Of course, I, I'm happy that I didn't have to do it on like the Vikings and Lions Day, where we oh, do those two days or whoever. It, they, what it, was,
0: was, it? it, it was, was tough sl- a lion, what, I think it was Lions and Jags on the same day.
2: Oof, that's brutal as they build up. Because I feel if you like. you though,
0: check out the podcast uh, from a few days ago on the boom. ESPN radio app.
2: <laughs> I feel like when you start looking at the Cleveland Browns, there's so much of the unknown. But until we get that, the strength for me is every other position right now except for quarterback because it is such the unknown, right? You look at the running back tandems that they have right now, it's absolutely fantastic. And you got Chubb and. And just that would Hunt, I mean, that's probably as good of a one-two punch as you're going to get. And even skilled players, right? I mean, when you go out there and you make the the deal and you kind of stole Amari, like, you have every single weapon except the most important one that you want, and it's still hanging in the balance right now. And I think that's the reason why they were so all in on this, is the strength of this team is as strong as really kind of any contender right now except that most important position, which is QB1, Amber.
0: Yeah, the strength is a roster outside of the quarterback position. Uh, I'll make the strength, though, more specifically the backfield, as you mentioned as well. I mean, Chubb, Hunt, I mean, even Johnson. They worked yeah. as league's most efficient or one of the most efficient backfields uh, last season in terms of both overall production and then also pulling individual stats as well. So I will make them my strength, but you're right. There are numerous strengths on this Cleveland Browns team that you could choose from, again, outside of that quarterback position, which is in flux so what is the biggest weakness for you with this you know
2: if I'm gonna go for weakness and we're taking out the Sean Watson situation and, and figure it out to me it actually is okay who is who is who is wide receiver two for you Right, Like Donovan People jones kind of inconsistent at this point. Anthony Schwartz, who I saw play over at Auburn, is an absolute speedster, right? I think he's going to be fantastic. But is he ready to go? And it's only going to be as good as who can get you, get you the ball. I mean, it's almost, in essence, the same issue that we talked about with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, is how deep is that wide receiver room? It's non-existent in Baltimore. You at least have Amari on, on this squad right now. But if you're going to double Amari and you're saying this is the guy we're taking out of the game, who el- who else answers the bell for you? Who, c- who creates some type of separation? I don't know if they have that guy on that roster right here, right now.
0: My... Uh- weakness for this team is the quarterback position which seems obvious right but I don't obviously even mean just the availability to Sean Watson but more specifically if we do look at Jacoby Brissett, assuming that he's the guy assuming he's the guy for some certain period of time here in this season Brissett, you know he cleared 250 passing yards once in five starts with the Miami Dolphins which is where we saw him most recently I would know well as a Dolphins fan he threw just five touchdowns during that span, and the problem here, Peter, is you're talking about a quarterback in Brissett who's almost 30 years old. I don't think yeah. you can expect an old dog to learn new tricks. So, of course, that offense is going to look dramatically different if it's Brissett under center. And I just don't know if Brissett he's he's a he's a fine backup. I don't know if Brissett uh, is going to be the guy who can be the guy if you need him to be the guy for multiple weeks, which it seems like they might. All right. Opportunity. Who's your biggest opportunity here for the Cleveland Browns?
2: I mean, you know, honestly, I mean, now we start looking at it and going, all right, the opportunity is for Kevin Stefanski to sit there and go, all right, I'm, I'm, everything's changed, right? Because there's been, as talented as team has been, I feel like there's been some X's and O's decisions as Stefanski has, has looked at it and, and Browns fans are sitting there going, why what, what the hell did we do that? And I think this is an opportunity, especially if you're going to be having, what, maybe six games and maybe a whole year without Deshaun Watson being your QB1. How are you going to get that team on? Like this is like duct tape and bailing wire until you have that opportunity to get yourself into full strength because you spent all this money to do it. You have all this guaranteed money that you spent on defense and all these playmakers, but it's all for naught if you can't find a way to X and O it. For, so to me... This is the monster year for Kevin Stefanski to build upon some of the success that Baker Mayfield had in that first year? I shouldn't have said it. Uh, that was wrong to me. What opportunities uh, do you see for
0: him? Uh, Baker Mayfield did actually have some success. People keep forgetting about that. Uh, and so maybe Stefanski will have some success with, with uh, because it seems like he's going to need to. I'll say the opportunity for here would be for whoever ends up starting under center for the Cleveland Browns. Whether it's Jacoby Brissett. maybe he can prove me wrong, uh, and prove that he actually can look better as he enters into his 30s here. Or for Deshaun Watson, because listen, we know know everything that's happened there with Deshaun Watson, but we haven't seen Watson from a football perspective play football in a really long time. So if he mm-hmm. does get back on that field, he will have the opportunity, of course, to remind us that he was an elite, elite, elite quarterback the last time that we did see him play football. It might be a tough hill to climb when you're talking about all the time off an entire season, and now we might be talking about the majority, if not all, of this next season as well. Let's talk about the biggest threat to this Cleveland Brown team.
2: All right, there's two different avenues I'm taking here, and they both involve the NFL. One, the NFL, obviously who's going to you know figure out the fate of Deshaun Watson and what he's able to contribute to the Browns, but we knew that. I'm going to actually say the threat to the Browns are something that not only this year, but future years is going to hurt them. Is the threat of every other NFL team so upset with the fact the Browns gave $235 million guaranteed money to Deshaun Watson that every single other program, every single other franchise right now goes, you're dead to me, Cleveland? For what you did, for you resetting the market in this way and guaranteed cash, we've made a living off of not having guaranteed money in in the most violent sport in America. And all of a sudden now, because you did this deal, we're being held hostage. In essence, at every single one of our free agency deals. And the threat that not a single soul will ever want to work with the Cleveland Browns when it comes to kind of draft capital or making any kind of changes or anything along those lines—that's the biggest threat they got to get past.
0: Well, the biggest threat might be that that deal generally—I mean, it could take their entire franchise. Oh. In fact, it doesn't work out if Deshaun doesn't ever look like the Deshaun that at least we thought we knew, or it only results in the four wins that it did in his best year with the Texans. Coming up next: Should Cleveland look to add another quarterback to compete with Jacoby Brissett? We'll get into the Cleveland.
3: playmaking splash shifted the tempo another great cocktail from the hypnotic team every season is hypnotic and tequila season hypnotic liqueur bardstown kentucky 17 percent alcohol by volume hypnotic reminds you to think wisely drink wisely
0: we were talking about tiger woods comments when it comes to the players leaving the pga tour and joining live golf and mm-hmm. i wanted to ask you because you had brought up the hypothetical of the collegiate golfer coming out he's faced with the decision take the money from live and if you're a collegiate golfer and you haven't yet joined the pga tour and made a name for yourself professionally then we're not going to be talking about like a hundred million dollars probably that lives going to offer you but still right. significant money or do you try to five, make six, your seven way seven
2: million bucks do you think it
0: would be that much for these guys uh, I,
2: yeah i mean there are there are there have been and I've, that's kind of some of the things that i've heard around the rumblings of collegiate golf is some of these guys these younger players these higher ranked players are getting approached and they're throwing around three five seven million dollars i mean even on how if it's a, a name they
0: are even if it's a couple million Right, I mean, it's still yeah. a, such unbelievable, life-changing money for most people. So let me ask you this, because you were a collegiate golfer yourself. You probably dreamed your whole life of playing in the majors. And then Zeroed you would out. be finding yourself in a situation coming out where you would be faced with a decision. Take the money enjoy and join live, and forego the opportunity, it appears anyways, to ever be able to play in a major. You wouldn't be able to qualify for one if you weren't on the tour or... Or go ahead and go that route in your career and try to qualify and have the opportunity to play in the Masters, completing your childhood dream. Which would you have chosen, do you think?
2: I I would tell you this. When you ask me this question, I'm a 43 year old man now. I look at it and go, there's no way. Like, I would have chased the dream. There was to give anything to play at Augusta, to be in the Open Championship at St. Andrews, to play all these, you know, iconic, you know, to play Bay Hill or Arnie's Tournament or the Memorial or all these other places. But. If you ask if Peter Burns is 19 years old in the year 2022, I'm not sure how important that thing is anymore. I think each and every year we get more towards capitalistic things about realizing, especially post-pandemic, what is the loyalty to something? And that's the question that players are asking right now. What is the loyalty that the PGA Tour is giving to me? They're not giving me anything. At this point, right? They're giving me some opportunities that are really hard to get—a corn fairy tour card or a PGA tour status—and I got somebody else giving me cash. I think a younger generation now is looking at this, going, "Well, give me the cash in the bank, and I'll figure everything out from there." Well,
0: they're and giving think- you a dream, I guess, would be their argument, right? But at some right? point, that falls flat because it eventually maybe the dream becomes play with Liv for live golf instead of live ends up being. Wildly successful, but it's an interesting predicament in the interim.
2: Well, and that's and that's the issue right now. And, and the deal with live golf, you have no idea how long it's going to be around. The PGA Tour has been around for many years and many more years to come as well.
0: Giving up the dream or going after the money—it's uh, such an interesting quagmire for so many of these collegiate golfers coming out right now.
3: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing?
1: this is ESPN Radio's NFL 2 days the Cleveland Browns.
3: Deshaun Watson, for sitting out an entire year, demanding
2: a trade, potentially being suspended for six games, none of it really matters, because ultimately the
1: Browns feel that this is the guy that can get them deeper into the playoffs.
3: Show this community, show this city, show this organization, show this locker room who the person I really am, and get my story out eventually. Carolina remained as really the best and lone hope for Baker Mayfield, where he would wind up where he would be traded.
0: We are in the midst of our ESPN Radio NFL Two A Days. We are unpacking the Cleveland Browns. This is Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Peter Burns filling in for the guys. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to me and Peter at MBW Sports at Peter Burns ESPN. So every day we break down two different teams for you. You just heard me and Peter break down the Cleveland Browns ourselves, but let's bring in some expert help to do it. Again, Tony Grossi, thelandondemand.com and ESPN Cleveland joins us. And Tony, it's really, really easy here to focus on the quarterback position. So I want to go outside of that position for a second with you. What is the biggest weakness on this team not named the quarterback position and the availability issue there
4: um yeah there are not many but i would say that probably the biggest weakness is the uncertainty at wide receiver uh behind amari cooper i mean they have talented young players but they're unproven and they want to give them the reps and with a quarterback like deshaun watson you know at some point being on the field Uh, They think that will promote their growth. But really, as far as on paper, uh, I would say that's the position that is uh, the weakest right now.
2: Tony, I was just fist-bumping. I was so excited because when we were breaking down the Cleveland Browns, I'm like, I, I know a little bit about them. And the thing that I said is, outside of Mari, who's the guy? So anytime you hear somebody that's really in the know say something that you just talked out of your know-what about and you actually hit, I feel like I need to go to Vegas right now. So I do appreciate that. <laughs> and I didn't even feed you that
4: answer. That's great. I appreciate that. Well, Thank you. you you pegged it, Peter. You pegged it right on. But, you know, I will say this, other, other than if, if you just set aside the quarterback position, because unlike – any other team they're in a unique point of uncertainty right so let's just disregard that but they are strong at the at at the really important positions offensive line cornerback they are five deep with really good players and and really top end players uh, at the top of that depth chart and uh, 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 running back also so Yeah, you know, they're they're good everywhere, but but the important positions, they're very strong at.
0: So they're good at the important positions. What does it mean for maybe a Jacoby Brissett if he finds himself under center? Like, is there any confidence that Brissett can actually be elevated than we've seen him of late in his career because the team around Brissett is so good? Or do they need to bring in somebody else from the outside of Watson's going to be suspended for the entire season?
4: Yeah, depending, you know, the long, you would think his history is such that the, the longer Jacoby Brissett plays, uh, the less margin for error there is, right? I mean, he, the, they start off the season with relatively easy four games, except for Pittsburgh at home, which is always difficult for them. Mm-hmm. But then the middle eight games are really tough. So the longer Brissett plays, I mean, his history is he's. He's won games at three different teams, but he's lost more than he's won at every pretty much every one of those uh, spots. But as a week after they traded for Deshaun Watson and moved the Stars and the Moon to, to, to guarantee his contract and everything, they aggressively pursued Jacoby Brissett one week into free agency. So that's the guy they pegged to be the replacement starter. The problem might be, Behind him, if Brissette has to play over an extended period of time, they might have to get a new, you know, a a better backup player than Josh Dobbs, who's who's another new addition to that room. So, if they add anyone, I might expect it to be a backup who's better than Dobbs, rather than a starter who's better than Brissette. Tony,
2: walk with me. Let's go into, I was going to say DeLorean, but that would be back to the future. But let's go into the future. After week one, if you're on thelandondemand.com and ESPN Cleveland, and we're talking about the Carolina Panthers and Baker Mayfield just beat the Cleveland Browns in week one, the reaction in Cleveland is what?
4: Oh, oh that's that's DEFCON 5. That, that, <laughs> you, you've got to remember, this is a franchise that is, is one and in opening games in their expansion era. They've won one time in 20, how many years is that? 23 years. Um, And this is like, okay, if you're not going to beat Carolina with Baker Mayfield, are you ever going to win that first game? Now, ironically, the last two years under Kevin Stefanski, they lost that first game and then won their next three. So it's not Armageddon in the past, but it might be this year if they lost to Baker Mayfield.
0: Well, there's that possibility with that matchup in week one. Of course, we don't even know if Baker will be starting for the Panthers, and we have no idea who's going to be starting, frankly, for the Cleveland Browns. What is the latest on Deshaun Watson?
4: Well, we're we're all awaiting, uh, awaiting, uh, you know, Sue Robinson, the disciplinary officer for this case, the unprecedented first case under the new personal conduct policy. We're waiting for her to issue her uh, decision, uh, she has uh, heard three days of testimony in a hearing a couple weeks ago. She has received the briefs from both the, the Watson side and the NFL side, and now it's just up to her to put uh, pen to paper and write a report that we could all understand and appreciate. And that could come uh, this week, or you know, I've heard and read it could come uh, just before training camp. So. Really, we're all on uh, red alert here in Cleveland because that decision will dictate probably the Browns season.
0: That decision will certainly affect everything when it comes to the Cleveland Browns season. Tony Grossi, thelandondemand.com, also ESPN Cleveland. Tony, thanks for joining us.
4: Well, thanks for having me. Take care.
0: And Peter, we are waiting here for that news as well, right? I mean, we're on the KD and Kyrie and Donovan Mitchell watch in the NBA. We're also kind of on the Deshaun Watson watch in the NFL. What what do
2: you think, Amber? What, I, right I, now. I mean, Brass I've packs. been
0: one the whole time that thinks that it's going to be a really lengthy suspension, but there's nothing to compare it to. I have, I don't know because Sue Robinson doesn't have a record. This is the first time she's in this situation. I mean, she's got a record as a federal judge, but in terms of this, as an arbitrator for the NFL and the NFLPA and, and Deshaun Watson's legal team also representing him there. So it's really hard to know where this is going to go. It's hard to know when this news is going to come down. There were reports that they did expect her to make a decision before training camp. She doesn't have to theoretically right but I would imagine it's going to be something lengthy although there's been some confusing rumors lately so we just wait and see and now that will certainly set some sort of president moving forward we'll have a better idea moving forward of how these situations will be handled coming up next we go back to the NBA and KD this is Canty and Carlin